just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope you're having a good day today. It is Monday, and uh, we're fortunate enough to have Ed with us today. Now, Ed has been gone for a week or so. We got the holidays and all this stuff, and Ed's getting a little older, so things are a little slower. But Ed is back today. So, Ed, thank you for joining us on the Rational Boomer Podcast. You bet. I missed it. Missed everybody. You're gone a week, and that's all you fucking got. You bet. (laughs) Come on, bitch. We're supposed to talk here. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, you know, a lot's happened... A lot's happened since uh, uh, since we last spoke, and and it's it it it's getting crazier and crazier out there. But I'm getting the sense that it is starting to tilt the right way. Finally, things are starting to fall in place around Donald Trump, the Republicans, and and everything. And at least instead of going down into the deeper depths, it seems like we're slowly crawling out. Hopefully, to get to the right side of things at some point in the future. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing things, and not just here, but around the world. Um, you're seeing this could wind up being maybe not this year, although the new year's a good time to start over, right? The, yeah. Uh, we're seeing uh, protests in China because of their lockdown policy. We're seeing protests in Iran because of the way they treat women. We're seeing protests in Russia because of the war and so forth, and they're only going to get worse. I mean, I think these people have all been pushed to the limit. And now they're saying, screw it. You know, if I take a bullet, I take a bullet, but by golly, I'm going to hit somebody with a flower pot before I go. You know, I mean, it's, uh, uh, and that's going to bleed around. You're going to see it. You saw Bonacero lose uh, down right. in South America, um, uh, which is a big deal, you know, and um, uh, nobody thought it would happen. And all of our, all of our oligarchs were down there helping this guy. And all of the Bannons and all of these people giving advice and so forth, and they still lost. So that that's reason for hope. I would like to see an all uh, an authoritarian demise worldwide. That's probably not going to happen, but we could see we could see some movement in that direction in the coming year. Well, I you know I thought that, and and I, I realize I'm talking more so about the the country, but I thought after the midterms, when it wasn't going to be a red wave, that there would be kind of a paradigm shift. Because once people realized that the way they were thinking and the way they were asking was uh, acting, it was a losing proposition. So they had to adjust and it would give some steam to the normal folks, the non-authoritarian folks that that wanted democracy and such. And I think we're seeing that a little bit. I wanted to mention one other thing. Um, The price of oil is dropping like a rock. Thanks, Joe Biden. (laughs) Yeah, and thank you, Saudi Arabia, for trying to screw with our election. And uh, as soon as the election is over, it doesn't go your way. The the price of oil drops, as you say, like a rock. It was obvious. So when are we going to start stop treating Saudi Arabia like an ally and start treating them what they are, which is an enemy of freedom? Well, along with what you said uh, about 
this whole thing with authoritarianism or fascism. Part of the reason why oil is dropping is because of the shit going on in China. You know, you got the people, um, yeah, they're locking down everything because of, I don't know if it's COVID or some other flu. Yeah, uh, it and, is COVID. And the people are rebelling against it. You know, and I, yes. I get it. The people who bitched about being locked down in this country, I get it. I hated it. I hated it. And unless I'm sure that it's going to do some good, I would not want to do it. But if people are getting sick and dying, I'm going to do what I'm told because I don't know anything. I don't know what's going on in China. I mean, they're even talking about somebody even mentioned, I don't even know if this is possible, talking about the possibility of a coup in China, which may not be a bad thing given Z, Z the way he it's is. It's happened. It's happened. Yeah, absolutely. It could happen again. Yeah. I mean, what's the, what's the difference between Z and Mao? What's the difference between Z and any other authoritarian Chinese leader they've had? You know, I mean, the great leap forward, the, the cultural revolution, all of that happened. That was, didn't go anywhere. I mean, they still came up with another uh, authoritarian figure. But uh, I think the pushback is it's not that the disease is killing people. Certainly, I'm sure it is. But it's people are dying because they're welding their doors shut and leaving them in the apartment. That's right. why it's going on. I just saw a thing about two kids who were found starved to death and parents dead of COVID. So, you know, because they weren't allowed out and nothing was allowed in. Um, in, in authoritarian states like China, like Russia, uh, anywhere that happens, human life becomes uh, worthless. You're only as good as uh, your your labor or your value to the state or to the to the particular authoritarian figure is what it boils down to. And you got billions of them, so who cares if you kill off ten, fifteen thousand? Yeah. That's really the attitude. Fact, it's probably to the good. That's a few less you have to feed, right? Right, right, exactly. Um, but what people have to understand is anything that happens in this country affects the world. But anything that happens in China ultimately affects the world, too, because their economy is a huge part of the world economy. And if things go to shit there, we can see some backlash here and in Europe and all over the world. Uh, yeah, and, and now the Republicans are losing their mind because uh, Joe Biden's easing the the uh, sanctions on Venezuela uh, to get more oil out there uh, into the marketplace and so forth. So no matter what he does, they're going to bitch, right? Well, I'm not a big fan of Venezuela either, but at the same time, this ain't the junior prom. This is international relations. And often you have to deal with China. You have to deal with Russia. You have to deal with Venezuela. You have to deal with North Korea. You can't just sit back. And and, uh, we tried that once. And uh, isolationism uh, allowed a lot of uh, really strong, bad people to get into places they didn't need to be. And then we had World War II where we had to go in and fix it all. So right. uh, at this point, and it wasn't just us, of course, I got in haste to add that. But uh, that was because of our isolationism that Hitler, that Mussolini, that uh, uh, Tojo, that these people managed to get in place in these countries because we we just stood back and say, you do your thing, we'll do our thing. Well, ultimately, them doing their thing means we have to do something about it. Well, and why this seems so foreign to Republicans is we had a president in Donald Trump 
that did absolutely nothing about anything. Donald Trump was like a show pony. He liked to put on the show, the song and dance on TV and his rallies and stuff. But when it came down to doing anything, like with COVID or such, he didn't do anything. Joe Biden's different. He addresses the issue and he tries to manage or fix the situation. Now, he's probably not going to be successful every time. But the point is, that's what a fucking president does. They try to address the situation and try to fix the problem or at least mitigate the problem. Exactly. One time at one time in this country, I don't know if it was ever actual, but we at least gave lip service to the idea of a loyal opposition, meaning right. once the election is settled, then you come together, you negotiate, and you try your very best to do everything possible so that everybody in the country benefits and all boats rise, so to speak. Uh, that's not the case anymore. I mean, uh, for a goodly long time now, going back at least to Jimmy Carter, the uh, Republicans have been bent on solely on destroying whoever becomes president that is not a Republican. That yeah. is their total focus. They will not work. They will not, not negotiate. And it, it certainly was the case in Trump. It was pretty much the case with Bush. And uh, it, it's just our way or the highway kind of thing. And you cannot have a country that way where half of the, the governing um, um, elite uh, are trying to make sure that uh, you fail. It, it doesn't work. And, you know, the thing is, I could almost understand that strategy if they're trying to own the libtards, trying to shut them down so they can get elected. But once they get elected, it would make sense that, okay, we have some ideas here and we're going to do these things and show you how well it works. But they don't do that. They own the libtards. They try to shut down the libtards. And then they take the power, sit back on their laurels, collect as much money as they can, and do absolutely nothing. They're a fucking do-nothing party. And, and and I don't know how they think they can get anywhere by doing that. Well, and they're worse than do-nothing, because the one thing that happened under Trump that was huge was this gigantic tax cut for corporations and rich people that they did not pay for. Uh, I mean, we know how much money we need to run the country. And if you take away that much revenue, you better have a way to replace it. And right. their idea was to take it from you and me, the folks who make less. Well, the pandemic put a, uh, you know, a shiv in that. So right. now uh, they have no place to go except for Social Security, Medicare and the other, quote, entitlements, big pots of money. Uh, well, they're actually big pots of debt. But uh, if you're not shelling out for them, then uh, then you can sort of, quote, pay for that uh, uh, tax cut. And that's that's what they're going for. And they have this uh, commitment to America that they're promising they're going to pass, which is bullshit. They don't have the votes to do anything. They have a bare majority in the House. That means they can get nothing out of the House that's going to eventually become law because the Senate will just shut it down. They are powerless except to make noise, and that's all they can do. And all they can do is lie because they can't do anything. None of their policies work. They have to just lie and lie and lie. And unfortunately, a goodly portion of their uh, constituency is happy with that because they don't really pay attention. You know, they never see if this lie pans out. It never does. They just I come up with another lie. I, 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 uh, I've had arguments with the Republicans and they say, I like gridlock. Let's keep the government from doing anything, uh, because they'll just fuck it up. 
That's what they will say. And I always say to them, okay, if that's what you want to do, if you want gridlock and then and then not uh, um, do anything, well, then cut my taxes in half because I'm still yeah. paying the same amount of taxes. If I'm paying taxes, if I go into a store, a car dealership, wherever the fuck I go, if I'm putting my money down, I expect something in return. And for too many decades, uh, middle class gets nothing in return. We carry the fucking water and give it to people that don't fucking return the favor because they don't pay taxes. Right. And, 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 you know, this is the country. It's also in the individual states, wherever the, wherever there's a red state, you're going to find poor people paying, carrying the freight. You're going to, you're going to see them. uh, That's where it's all coming from in the form of sales tax and that sort of thing, because, oh, heaven forbid, there's an income tax because that would affect the rich people. No, no, we got to do it in sales tax and property tax and, uh, uh, then add-ons, personal property taxes, like we have in Tennessee. We call it a wheel tax. It's based on your automobile, but it's an additional uh, additional amount of money that the, the poor folks have to pay to balance the budget. I think they should have a a tax on anything above $50,000, excluding a house. You shouldn't have to pay sales tax on a house. But the middle class isn't going to buy something out of pocket for fifty grand. They just aren't going to do it. <clears throat> but the rich people do. You know, they'll buy a fucking boat. They'll buy an airplane. These are luxuries. Shouldn't there be some kind of luxury tax? Well, you know, they do that, and then the Republicans get in and roll it back because it, it hurts the airline and the or the airplane industry. It yeah. hurts the, the uh, automobile industry, whatever, you know, well, tough. You know, I mean, if you're if you're base, if you're making cars for rich people, uh, get used to it. You're still going to do fine. OK, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, personally, I think there should also be 100 um, percent income tax above a certain level. There almost was in the 50s. It was in the 90 percentile and uh, nobody died. We had a great country. Everybody was doing pretty well as long as they were white. Yeah. Well, you know, and and and. I don't know if I don't get how you could have 95 or 100 percent taxes. I, I don't understand that. But we're not even paying 15 percent taxes for the rich right at this point. But the times we've had the best economic times, not only for the country, but for the middle class, were the 50s and for a time uh, a little better than it is now uh, during Bill Clinton. And and both those times were a situation where rich people were paying more money. So we, we, we should be able to look at that and say, hey, those times were good. Maybe the answer is taxing rich people, having them well, pay their fair share. It is. It always is. And, and uh, the way it worked in the 50s was there were a lot of graduations of tax. So it was only the very upper, upper, upper that after 10 million or whatever, uh, then that tax kicked in. I don't remember the, I don't, the exact figure, but uh, number one, there weren't billionaires back then because money was not allowed to accumulate Uh, somewhere here. I've got a bunch of quotes from Thomas Jefferson, from Abraham Lincoln, from uh, all of these presidents over the years who their biggest fear, all of these was corporations because accumulated capital is tyranny. Ultimately, 
Yeah. We saw it up into the 1890s, and then uh, then Teddy Roosevelt gets his big stick and breaks up some of those, and, and then the Depression comes and takes care of the rest. And then we build back into the 50s, uh, where the corporations were not king for a very short time, and everybody did great, if you were white. But then, then the corporations started paying politicians again, and gradually we wound up where we are now, where corporations rule. So... So maybe the answer isn't taxes. I mean, they, they, they've got to pay their fair share in taxes. The real answer to the problem we have is to take corporate money out of politics, maybe put some limitations on what politic- politicians can get from PACs or, or, or corporations. I've always said everybody, every politician should say your cap is $5 million. You can't spend more than $5 million. That way our airways aren't polluted with absolute ridiculous bullshit. It will force people to look into it if they have a mind to. And if they don't, they see whatever, whatever media or whatever advertising they see, but everybody has the same opportunity to see the same amount. Um, the money in politics really is the, uh, the the de- the devil in this situation. It's greed that fucks uh, up our government and fucks up our economy and fucks up our country ultimately. Yeah, and and look at uh, the the founding fathers limited corporations to no more than twenty or thirty years, depending. They limited them to one project, like build a canal, build a railroad, or to one commodity, like they could. Um, they could sell cotton, you right. know, they could grow and, and market cotton or whatever. But they, they were very limited for a short period of time because they had seen with the the British India Company, which grew so big and so powerful that they had a bigger army than the king did. So they essentially were able to dictate everything that went on. Right. So they, they had seen that. They had seen the tyranny of the corporation. So they didn't want it. And uh, next time I'll dig up some of those quotes for you. And uh, uh, we can um, that uh, Lincoln was very even in the midst of war, as he said, I'm more scared of corporations than I am of the Confederates. Essentially, he didn't use those words, but that's what he said. And uh, Thomas Jefferson and um, uh, also James Madison. Both felt felt that the accumulation of capital was the biggest threat to democracy that there could possibly be. And and they were right, 100% right. And uh, then we go and make corporations people. They have the same rights that you actually, they have more rights than you or I do. Um, But And a corporation is not a person. It's a fiction. It's nothing but a way to limit liability so that you can put money into corporation and you can't lose more than you put in. That, that's what it, that's the basic of it. A corp, it. Protecting yourself, limiting your liability. That's all they're good for. But they've grown so much beyond that. As we get a General Electric who also owns so many other things that are not related to what they basically do. It shouldn't be allowed just because you've got the money to go out and buy things and, and loot them which is what they do, and crush them. You buy a Sears, which is a wonderful store with great products, and you turn it into, you, you suck everything out of it, and it falls by the wayside. And we've right. seen that done with so many great stores over the years because they fell prey to this corporate rating. 
Right. Well, you know where it also comes into play, and, and I think it's even more egregious and more damaging to this country, is in media. It's not just about money with the media corporations. It's about information that we all get. There was a time when, you know, you could only own so many radio stations and or television stations in one particular market. Now we've got a few big companies owning them fucking all and dictating what information we get. That may be the most damaging part of what we're talking about here because now we're misleading, misinforming, and and persuading people down a wrong path because of who owns our media outlets in this country. Absolutely. And uh, I'm in an information desert here. All of the three major TV broadcast stations that I can hear are owned by either Sinclair or someone worse. And um, so TV is out. All of the radio stations uh, have been bought up by right-wing media groups. So, you know, they're running the equivalent of Rush Limbaugh 24 hours a day or however. They're, most of them are daylighters, so as long as they're on. And the, and they've also now bought up all of the community newspapers, and they're doing the same thing. So mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid, it was a Democratic newspaper, and I would turn the page, and it was all local people, and the news was, was good and so forth. Now it's mostly syndicated crap, and uh, it's all right-wing. So it's it's not hard to understand why everybody here votes Republican. They are in an information desert unless they seek out an alternative. And why would they? They've got Fox, which is on in every TV station in, in any place you go in the public. Right. And you've got radio and newspapers and TV agreeing with what Fox says. So, yeah, out in the hinterland, that's why there are so many red, quote, red states now in out in the hinterland where there are just a very few people where there's actually more prairie dogs than people in a lot of them. And uh, uh, they fall victim to this because they have no... Uh, they don't have internet, many of them, because they live out on farms in the middle of nowhere where they can't get internet. You know, they might have a satellite TV or something like that. Uh, but um, they're in an information desert, too, and it just keeps building. And the problem comes in is where you watch Fox News and then you hear that same message on your local radio station and in your local newspaper, then that's perceived as corroboration suggesting that it's real when it's not at all real. So what these people are doing, they're controlling the message, they're spoon feeding the Trumplifucks or the Republicans with fake and phony stuff. So it's not surprising that they don't know any better. One of the things I've noted when talking to some of these Trumplifucks, I'll state something that's very obvious and been very prevalent in the news, and they'll go, I never heard that. Now, I don't know to feel, whether exactly. I feel sorry for them or be angry with them because they're too stupid to to uh, look into these things. They just take everything at face value. Exactly. And then, you know, a part of it, I do blame them. I, I mean, I grew up the same way that everybody else here did. Um, the fact that I was able to go away and have other influences made a difference. The people who stayed here and lived in this information desert, well, that's kind of on them. Uh, to a certain extent, the truth is out there. You mentioned uh, Rachel Maddow's Maddow's uh, uh, new podcast, Ultra, which is oh my god, you know, Ultra. Everybody should listen to this and realize how big a bullet we dodged. 
Yeah. Uh, we were this close to being uh, Nazi Germany. Uh, just a, just a, a few more inches. <laughs> uh, if the, probably if Japan hadn't attacked us at Pearl Harbor, it would have happened. You know, fortunately, um, it, it didn't, but it came close. Almost, uh, insurrection, almost, uh, if we hadn't, there would have certainly been a civil war, if nothing else. But uh, it, it's it's harrowing, and when you see the parallels to today, it's even more harrowing. And and and, and the podcast Ultra, I feel like it's mis it's a misnomer. It's not really a podcast in my mind. It's more of an audio book or a doc audio documentary. Yeah, it's an audio documentary. Because I mean, this sure. is this is a podcast where two old fucks just talking some shit. But they've got some production value. They've got some archive audio. That are, is is amazing because it's from the fucking forties. Um, if we're right. a podcast, she this one is is more than that. Way more, way more. You know, I yeah, wanted. I got to highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely, I do too. Uh, now, I wanted to talk about, and this is another perfect example of how the media kind of controls our thought process. I mean, I guess it's good that this was reported. Um, but I'm talking about the uh, Last Supper from Hell. It was Donald Trump, Kanye yes. West, Kanye West, and Nick Fuentes, who's a uh, known and admitted white supremacist, fascist, anti-Semite. Have you ever seen this Nick Fuentes guy? Have you ever seen his videos? Uh, no, I had heard of him. I don't seek those out because I know they're lies, and I just don't subject myself to them. But um, I had heard of him and I, I had seen a couple of clips enough to realize exactly what this guy is. And it's nothing that you would want to even sample. It, it's a waste of your time and my time and everybody's time. And um, it really shouldn't be allowed to be on uh, to streamed or in any way in the public eye. And we really need some way to shut this stuff down. Well, he's a he's a goofy he's a younger guy. He's goofy. He makes these creepy faces. He sounds like a cross between Alex Jones and Martin Morton Downey Jr. And what you need to know about Morton Downey Jr. and Alex yeah. Jones, they just say shit to be inflammatory because they see that as a way to get viewers. And then they're probably right. But this guy is trying to be a young Alex Jones or a young Morton Downey Jr. Or here in Minnesota, we had a guy. Nobody else will know about him unless you lived in Minnesota. There was a guy like in the 60s, and he was just an asshole. His name was Joe Pine, and he had a show that we watched. I don't know if he was local or national or whatever he was, but he was a fucking nutcase. He, he was, was national because it was uh, it was national. He was on here, too. And, oh, okay. Uh, I was in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade at the time, and my teacher was just really enamored of his mother. Right. And um, uh, that was the first time I ever got into trouble for political <laughs> statements. But 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 here's the thing I was getting at is is, is a, Donald Trump and Kanye West and this Nick Fuentes piece of shit. This whole dinner, this whole meeting, we would never have known about it had Kanye West not spouted off. This this smells of the raid on Mar-a-Lago. We may never have heard about that either, unless Donald Trump couldn't help himself and spew shit about it. These fuckers keep stepping on their dicks and, and they keep failing and they don't learn. Yeah, not at all. And, um, 
and and then they try to deny it. Well, well, Yi brought this guy. Well, you know, because he's or Yay, I guess it is, right? He shut no, it down to just no, no, Yay now. No, 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 no. Uh, I've, I've said, right. I've said, I've said this before. You don't get to make up your own nickname. People make up nicknames about you. He wants to be called Yay. His fucking name is Kanye. I'm going to call him Kanye. All right. Okay. Well, Kanye, it is Kanye. Uh, Trump made it sound like uh, Kanye just dropped and brought this guy with him. Well, we know that doesn't happen. You don't get into Mar-a-Lago. You don't just drop by. You know, you got to clear it with the with, uh, Secret Service and all yeah. of that. So this was planned. And uh, Kanye was supposedly picking Trump's brain about uh, running for president, which is a, a huge joke. But uh, apparently, uh, apparently Trump got mad at him and yelled that he would lose if he ran and whatever. But anyway, you know, well, that, he, he wanted Trump to be his vice president. How how was that going to go? I know. <laughs> two but narcissists. The thing about. Go ahead. No, two narcissists going head to head and saying, "I'm great." No, yeah, I'm great. This was not going to go well. well. Well, the thing you got to remember about Kanye, and I have some sympathy for the guy. He's mentally ill. He yes. is. He no is question. probably. He's probably probably by untreated bipolar. So he gets grandiose sometimes and he probably gets depressed sometimes. But so I have some sympathy for him. I don't have sympathy for his handlers because they're letting this guy do this when they should be getting the guy some help. And, and, and it's too bad that once you get to be that famous with that much money that nobody can control you. So, uh, that's the problem there. I do have some sympathy for him because, uh, uh, I I know that it's it's a problem that he cannot control without medication. Okay, that doesn't justify letting him uh, run around like this. Somebody should be trying to help him, and maybe they did. Uh, and and he just rejects it, and he has so many resources and so forth, and so many yes people around him that there's nothing that can be done except to ignore him. Uh, as much as possible, if that's possible. Trump, of course, on the other hand, is not mentally ill. He's just an asshole. And there's plenty of those around. And uh, he encourages this kind of thing. And so do the other Republicans, uh, because uh, they love having a black person mouth their crap. You know, it's the same thing with Herschel Walker. And uh, unfortunately, some people are are fooled by that. But uh, it, it, it's tragic for both Herschel Walker and for Kanye West because they're being exploited. Uh, maybe they should know better. I don't know, but they don't. Well, you know, the problem is I don't know so much about Herschel Walker. I'm guessing it's probably similar. But Kanye and Donald Trump are very similar. And as much as you say he's not, uh, he doesn't have any mental issues, I, I beg to differ. He has, I don't know what it is. It's maybe not as pronounced as uh, uh, as Donald Trump's. But Donald Trump, you know, he grew up with a silver spoon. Everybody handed him everything. He's a spoiled brat as a child. He's essentially a 76-year-old spoiled brat. He's a narcissist. And he does. he's, he's a little off mentally. And, and unfortunately, with the case with Kanye and Donald, is they had enough money and enough power and enough uh, uh, sycophants around that would do anything, no matter what they said. 
Now, Donald Trump is starting to get people drop away from him. Now, he, you know, he's we we're seeing lawyers for Donald Trump go into court, say the stupidest shit. And you would think <laughs> that these lawyers would know the simple rules of law, but they still push it forward. And there's only one reason they push it forward is because uh, Donald Trump says you fucking do it or you're fired. So now these people have to compromise their profession, the law just to please Donald Trump. And so far, there are some people still willing to do that, but I think that's starting to come to an end, and he's starting to realize it now. Yeah, I mean, I have no sympathy for the lawyers because, quite frankly, if you're going to work for the guy, you deserve whatever you get. You know going in exactly what he is. And if if you're any kind of lawyer with any kind of uh, legal expertise, you take one look at what he's saying and you go, this is bullshit. No, see ya. You know, there's no way you're going to be able – some of them have been lucky that they haven't been totally sanctioned. I mean, the other day, the the judge pretty much ripped the guy's heart out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And they should. These people should be uh, – it's like a a doctor who's bad and kills people. He's removed, or he should be. Um, It's the same thing with a lawyer who's who's trying to, you know, put one over on people. I mean – Trump has used lawyers his whole life to cheat people because he lawyers up and they just delay and delay and delay until people run out of money to try to sue him anymore. That's his tack. We know that. I swear to God, when he was a little child, his parents didn't get him a nanny. They just hired a lawyer to follow the little fuck around. You know, just just to get him used to being around lawyers because I think so. That's all he did is spend his life with with, with lawyers. I think Donald Trump um, is starting to uh, get some stuff thrown back in his face. Like this, like this little dinner, uh, people are outraged. Even Republicans are outraged that he would have dinner with this white supremacist. And uh, he seems totally surprised. Oh, that's a bad thing. He's a white supremacist, and that's a bad thing. My base would be there to support me, but even them, they're diminishing. So there's not enough support there. So now he's trying to back away from it. He says that Kanye, he's a seriously troubled man, and I was just trying to help him. Yeah, motherfucker, you've never tried to help Uh anybody in your whole life. You're trying to gain some some support by being buddies with Kanye West. And in terms of (laughs) and in terms of uh, Fuentes, Fuentes just understands how to manipulate a guy like Donald Trump. I mean, honest to God, if I was around Donald Trump, I'm sure I could manipulate him because I understand him. All you have to do is pat him on the back and say, Donnie, you're a genius. I can't believe what you just said. That's fucking amazing. And once he knows I like him and support him that way, he'll do anything fucking for me. And that's that's what this Fuentes guy understands. Kanye maybe doesn't understand it because he doesn't need anything. He's got enough money. But we're dealing with three guys that were in this meeting that are all mentally off one way or another, whether it's clinical or whether it's just the way they were raised or they're just weird. I don't know. But none of these three people think like the average person in this country. And all of it is for the worse, not the better. 
Yeah, I, I, I still maintain that Kanye is, is clinical uh, and the other two were just to have evolved into what they are by the choices they've made. And I that think that's be. something different. But uh, at the same time, it's not just them. It's, it's the Republicans who react to them because I guarantee you that base he's talking about, not at all phased by this. And in, in fact, I think they're probably encouraged by it. Well, now he's really with the other guys that are just like him. And his base is just like Trump. They have the same prejudices, and they would be just as glad to throw a bunch of people in an oven as as any Nazi who ever lived. Uh, There's no difference. I mean, just because one is German, one's American, there's no difference. It's uh, uh, they are monsters when you get right down to it uh if you choose to believe the things that what they seem to believe uh there's no hope for you i don't think you can be rescued i don't think your mind can be changed quite frankly no i don't think so either i think the base is going to be the base no matter what the problem we had during the the 2016 election and during the years of his presidency was that uh, you know the base was big enough Donald Trump was was popular amongst them. The rest of the Republicans really didn't have another choice because they wouldn't, for the life of them, vote for a Democrat. So they just jumped, jumped on board. They may have disagreed with anything Donald Trump said, but they'll say, I'm a Republican, I'm going to vote Republican. And that's where Donald Trump found his power as a Republican candidate. Well, now the base is still behind him. Like you say, we'll never change the base But the other folks that jumped on board because they just wanted to win, they're starting to feel a little skeezy about, about Donald Trump. They, 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 they can't, they can't uh, connect themselves to white supremacy, anti-Semitism, misogyny, overthrowing the country, stealing top secret documents. Donald Trump took what he had, went too far. And now some of the reasonable minded folks are gone. Yeah, nah, I'm done with that. Especially now when he's losing. He hasn't won since 2016, 2018, 2020, 2022. Donald Trump was largely responsible for big losses each of those elections for the Republicans. And now, finally, they're going, hey, this guy's fucked up. Maybe we shouldn't follow him. Well, uh, that's too bad. You know, I look at uh, I look at the House of Representatives now, and we've got a fight shaping up here. Maybe the first floor fight over uh, Speaker of the House since the, the Civil War, practically. And uh, um, what are we looking at here? We're not looking at quote reasonable Republicans coming up with a candidate. What we're seeing is the Marjorie Taylor Greene faction, and God help us, she has emerged as the leader of that bunch somehow or other, um, I guess just by being the most mouthy. I mean, right, uh, right. But, but these are the people who are holding McCarthy hostage. Uh, it's not reasonable Republicans. It's, it's, it's McCarthy or whoever they come up with. That's who's going to be the speaker. Uh, and, and that's insane. I mean, if you are a, quote, reasonable Republican, why aren't you speaking out and saying we don't want either of them? Because McCarthy's compromised because he's owned by Trump. It's either blackmail or something. He's owned by Trump. I mean, right after the right after the uh, insurrection, he came out and said it's Trump's fault and he bears responsibility. Then he goes for it and he comes back as, as Trump's guy. Right. So he's compromised. He cannot be speaker. 
Then you've got all these crazies over here saying he can't be speaker, and they've got enough votes to keep him from it. So what's the compromise going to be? What does he have to give up in order to get their votes? Does he have to put Marjorie Taylor Greene in as a committee chair? No doubt. How about uh, um, uh, Matt Gates? Yeah, he'll be in there as a committee chair for sure. All of those seven guys who asked for pardons, look and see where they wind up. That's what they're going to be trying to do here. Plus, they're going to be trying to get rid of people off of, they've already talked about getting rid of Ilhan Omar off committees, um, Adam Schiff off committees. It's, it's yeah. revenge time. And, and so that means there's nothing going to be getting done. Unless unless Joe is savvy enough in his years to be able to work things through somehow or other. Maybe there are a few uh, uh, decent Republicans left that he can work with. I don't know. Probably not. They've got a very slim majority there. But the battle is between the crazies and the compromised in the House of Representatives. And that's not good. It's no. awful. No, it's not good. Uh, I tell you what, let's talk more about the House, because I think the House is going to be a pivotal point in the next two years. And I don't think it's a done deal that it's going to be favorable for the Republicans. Let's take a quick break and we will be right back. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast talking to Ed here on the show today. Uh, You know, and I've been thinking about this, uh, this House of Representatives things. And I, and I honestly believe that, um, the Republicans getting back the House of Representatives in the way they did in the current form um, may be the worst thing for the Republicans. It's not going to help them much because, like you said, it's a slim margin. I don't see who would get enough votes to be the Speaker of the House. Now, you talked about Kevin McCarthy. He seemed like the heir apparent, uh, but he's perceived as a Trump sycophant. But unfortunately, the other Trump sick yep. events find him to be vile. They're not going to vote for him. And, and, and certainly the people who see him as a Trump sycophant that, that are trying to be more reasonably minded, they aren't going to vote him in either. So he's not, he, I don't see how he gets voted in. Now there, you got to come up with an alternative. Somebody else, um, um, said, uh, this what's her name Elaine Stefaniak uh the the woman who was head of RNC yeah. um now she's a more palatable yeah. than Kevin McCarthy but she has a lot of problems too i i don't see her becoming speaker of the house i think we're going to go a couple of months before they can even come up with a speaker of the house so they'll be in disarray for the first couple months of of the uh of the session which is not going to work in their favor well there won't be a session there can't be a session unless there's a speaker to gavel it in, I don't think. I don't know what kind of compromise they would uh, come up with on that. Um, I mean, I think. And the speaker d- determines the, the agenda and so forth. So I'm not sure you can have a session without one. Yeah, you may be right about that. I, I'm, I don't know. But I think some of these people would like to govern it by committee. You know, all the Trumplefucks, all the crazies, the MAGA people get together and they run the house. But they well, yeah, never... they hate each other too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely amazing. But here, here's here's what I these people are making the mistake thinking that Donald Trump cost them the midterms, and he was part of the problem. 
But that what they're ignoring or they don't see is it wasn't just Donald Trump. It was all the ideology around Donald Trump and the MAGA people. These MAGA people caused the problems for the midterms. But they're so blind they don't see that, and they're just going to continue those problems which cost them the midterms. And then when they get to 2024 and they get their ass kicked, they're going to say, what happened? They're just not aware. They're so arrogant they don't realize that everything you do is causing the problems with the elections. You need to change up. You need to yeah, regroup. I mean, it- Well, the um, remember Newt Gingrich got rid of, with his policy of primarying people, got rid of a lot of the expertise uh, in the House for the Republicans. Right. Um, Long time people, even people like Paul Ryan and Boehner and guys like that faced so much opposition. These were people who knew how the system worked, uh, who had relationships with Democrats. They could actually govern uh, to a degree. Um, but uh, they're all gone now yeah, yeah. so uh people like matt gates Mar- marjorie taylor green lowen barber all of these people they they have no knowledge of how the system works all they know how to do is run their mouth and and attack people that's all they can do that's it they have no way to actually craft a bill look at jim jordan here's a guy who's been in there for how many years now never had a piece of legislation passed and he's looking at being a, a, a head of a committee Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, probably foreign relations or something. Yeah. You know, or or uh, it does matter. I think you know, it's the legal. It whatever it is. I, yeah, he will. But I think it's the legal one. What is that? Uh, uh, judicial committee or something like that. Uh, it's something yeah. of some importance. Judiciary. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and all they can do is is screw stuff up and and hold hearings. That's what they're going to be doing. They're going to be holding hearings on everything you know, investigating everything. And when there's nothing to investigate, it's a waste of time. We know that. But uh, I, I'm just not sure who they're going to come up with. Now, I don't know. You probably know this, but some people may not, is that the Speaker of the House doesn't have to be an elected official, right. of the, doesn't have to be seated in the House. They could, um, they could uh, elect Donald Trump. They wanted to. Yeah, they I don't get th- the votes. They don't have the votes, but... Um, see, this is the thing. Um, they would have to actually probably try to get McCarthy might reach out to the Democrats and say, hey, guys, I need some votes and tr- do some horse trading. That would be a good thing. Um, I don't trust him. But no. uh, I mean, once he's in, he could renege. But that it's not above him to do that. And, and there are probably other Republicans who say, hmm, I can get the reasonable Republicans and I can get some uh, um, possibly some uh, democratic support here. I mean, they're not going to be able to have a speaker, but maybe they would relish the idea of having uh, Liz Cheney (laughs) or uh, somebody like that. I mean, of course that's not going to be who it is, but um, it'd be fucking hilarious if it was. Oh boy, wouldn't that <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great if the Democrats could side in with the uh, Republicans to elect Liz Cheney Speaker? Uh, I'm not a Cheney fan beyond the fact that she hates Trump. Quite frankly, me, I mean, she yeah, still voted me. with Trump ninety ninety percent of the time. Um, I'm, I'm not in favor of any Republicans, but if you could find uh, if they would maybe 
compromise on like Susan Collins or uh, 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 somebody like Burkowski or somebody like that, who's kind of a, a Republican, but also uh, uh, maybe palatable. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know, I, I'd heard a story that uh, apparently Kevin McCarthy has already approached one or two Democrats for help. I think he's going to be more help yeah. than that. I think any Democrat that uh, finds McCarthy suited to be the Speaker of the House, I just don't think he's qualified to do it. Uh, beyond that, if you trust him, you're fucking crazy. I mean, you frankly can't trust any Republican. I mean, the no. Republicans were told us, well, you can't seat this Supreme Court justice in the last year before election. And then they go ahead and do it themselves. So you can't trust them. Of course. Uh, you know, what's that? What's that thing that Herb Brooks said? Um, Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. And that's exactly the fucking case. I hope yeah. the Democrats have learned a lesson. I would say let them fucking flounder. I wouldn't help them in any way possible. Let them fucking flounder. They're going to bring themselves down. And, you know, the thing about it is, is as much as they use, the Republicans use the House to campaign against Democrats, let them have their shit show. Let them do nothing. Stand back and just watch and then campaign on that in 2024 and fucking destroy them. Yeah, that's this is something I've thought about too. Maybe we just need to. I mean, a lot of what was done in the House this time could be shifted to the Senate. The Senate could have a committee, uh, a January sixth committee. They could have all sorts of investigative committees of their own. Right. Uh, right. Maybe we just investigate everything in the Senate and the House for for a couple of years. I don't know. Um, the, the thing is, I do know this: Republican. Whatever they say cannot hold up to scrutiny because they lie and they lie blatantly. Yeah. And, the, and because their base or a lot of their people only watch Fox News or only, uh, you know, they're only in places where Sinclair or some other company is giving them their news, they believe it. But it's always a lie. And, and they, they, they find these things that, that are really, really important until the election's over, and then they forget about it. Right. You right. know, the border, according to them, wide open. People walk right in with big bags of fentanyl in their hands, right? Yeah, yeah. Every day, you know, the millions of people with big bags of fentanyl are walking across the border every day. We know that's bullshit, but they still tell us that. And uh, now, have you heard anything about that lately? No. Probably not. How about inflation? What's their plan for inflation? They're going to handle it. Oh, we're going to handle it. What are you going to do? Why not tell us? Is it a secret? No, it's bullshit. That's what, what it is. They, they're lying. They're lying about everything. And crime. Oh, look out. Criminals coming to get us. Haven't heard a word about it. No, no. Yeah, yeah, you haven't. And and I think, well, one thing the Senate can do to piss off the Republicans and be productive is to uh, appoint a record amount of federal judges. Just keep fucking appointing federal judges. That's not something yes. that's going to put money yes. in our pockets. But it's all day, every day. That should be all they do for a while. Yeah, that's all they should yeah. do. Um, and and I'm wondering with the Republicans in the House, as they flounder, as they get nothing done, uh, as the Trump fucks try to control what's going on, I have to believe that Republicans are smart enough to see what's going down. They're the reasonable-minded ones 
for the moment that are trying to step away from Donald Trump. And they're going to see 2024 looming large. They're going to have to show something that they've done, that they've accomplished in order to try to get people to reelect them. And that's why I'm wondering if at some point they're going, a, a part of them are going to be willing to negotiate, like you said, with Democrats to get some things done. What I would say is you were talking about the Democrats going in and, 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 kind of bending to them to try to get help from the Republicans. I disagree with that. I think the Democrats should stay strong and make the Republicans come to them because they really fucking have to. I wouldn't bend to anything with the Republicans because I don't trust them. Let them come to you and work something out. But don't don't trust them. So just get what you need now and fuck the future because they aren't going to give it to you. Yeah, I'm sorry I gave you that impression. No, I don't think that they should ever trust a Republican. Uh, I'm just saying that they could have some influence over who becomes Speaker, and right. uh, which well, would be better true. than McCarthy or be- better than some of the others. But uh, no, really, when you think about it, because the campaigns will take a year. They've got one year between yeah. now and the next election. they got one year. Now, either have to do stuff or don't do stuff. What they're going to do is have a bunch of bogus investigations. They're going to bring in Fauci. They're going to bring in the 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 this the secretary responsible for the border. They're going to do that, you know, and they're going to just try to do that crap. And that's going to be a waste of time because they don't have the numbers to convict anybody of anything. No. Right? They're not going to impeach you know? Biden. No. You know, and Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to defund uh, Jack Smith which she can't accomplish. She's talking like it's a foregone conclusion. Once we take over the House, we're going to defund Jack Smith and we're going to shut down the whole investigation. Well, you got to get it through the House, and I don't know that you can, but if you get it through the House, you got to get it through the Senate, and you can't do that. And even if you did get it through the Senate, you got to get Joe Biden to sign it. So you're just flapping your lips. You're going to get nothing fucking done. That's it. I mean, we are at a stage where nothing is going to be done in the House. It just isn't. And uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be like what uh, Obama faced, you know, with uh, when he lost the House and the Senate. I mean, um, only it's they they're going to be in the House trying to get stuff done and they can't get anything done. Uh, they, it will be the most ridiculous next two years for the House that we've ever seen probably maybe before the civil war uh, or right after. Uh, But uh, there's just not going to be much done unless something happens. And I don't know what can happen. You can't redo the election. They can't. uh, One thing that could happen and I hope to see happen is that when Donald Trump is indicted, uh, seven or eight Congress people are indicted too. Yeah. I think you're going to see uh, that. You know, at, at least a couple of them. You know, that could change the balance. I mean, uh, they would have to in the Senate. They they can appoint somebody and it's usually the same party in the House. They have to have a special election. Right. Right. And and, and anything so, could happen there. I mean, if you just get somebody exactly. thrown out of their ass for insurrection, that can't help the Republicans in a special election. <laughs> One hopes. You well, know, so there's a there's a lot that's going to happen. Uh, I, by the way, I did find those quotes I was looking for about corporations. If you're interested, yeah, go ahead. Okay, this is uh, this is Thomas Jefferson, um, and um, 
just a second. I got to find it. I had it there for a second. Uh, I'm, uh, do, 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 do. I'm just going to say uh, this something. This is fascinating. And then, go ahead. Okay. No, no, you go ahead. If you got the quote there, go ahead. Uh, it just, uh, I've got a bunch of stuff here. And for some reason, it went down to, to the bottom. Here we go. Here's corporation. Thomas Jefferson. And this is my best Thomas Jefferson imitation. I hope that we shall crush in its birth the aristocracy of our moneyed corporations, which dare already to challenge our government to a trial of strength and bid defiance to the laws of our country. That was uh, in the the 1700s, right uh, right after the Constitution and all that. Which uh, Thomas Lincoln, Jefferson helped to write, by the way. Yes, exactly. And uh, uh, they did their best to uh, uh, restrict corporate power, but already he was seeing that they were finding ways around it. Uh, by the time it got to Lincoln, he wrote, as a result of war, corporations have been enthroned and an era of corruption in high places will follow and the money power of the country will endeavor to prolong its reign by working upon the prejudices of the people until all wealth is aggregated in a few hands and the republic is destroyed. I feel at this moment more anxiety for the safety of my country than ever before, even in the midst of war. God grant that my suspicions may prove groundless. They didn't. No, they didn't. Grover Cleveland in 1888. As we view the achievements of aggregated capital, we discover the existence of trust, combinations, and monopolies, while the citizen is struggling far in the rear or is trampled beneath an iron hill, heel rather. Corporations, which should be carefully restrained creatures of law and the servants of the people, are fast becoming the people's masters. Then we had the Roosevelt's challenging that for a while. But uh, by the time we got down to uh, um, Eisenhower, the um, he, of course, was telling us about the uh, military industrial complex and warning us about that. So it's always been a concern. It's always been a problem. And it is probably now more than any time since maybe the, the late 1890s that corporations have held sway as much as they do. Well, the interesting thing is, wasn't uh, wasn't Eisenhower a Republican? He was. He was Absolutely. a Republican, and he even warned us about that. I wanted to say something about the House real quick and see how you respond to this. I think the Republicans in their current situation that they'll be taking over in January in the House is worse for them than had they lost the House. Because I agree. Because now they're going to have to be accountable for whatever comes out of the House. And when nothing comes out of the House, the Democrats just have to say, well, you have the fucking majority. Then yeah. then, then you have to consider the fact that, you know, with Jack Smith and, and the DOJ, you're going to start hearing more about sitting members of Congress that were involved in the insurrection. Like you say, some of these could get dumped on their ass. And it doesn't it isn't going to take much to switch the power in the House. So they may only have this power in the House for a short period of time. We may have to pull Nancy Pelosi off the fucking bench because all of a sudden we might have the majority. That's what I'm saying. I even predicted that on Twitter a while back that it could happen. And uh, because who would be your go to? I mean, she could say no, certainly. 
but uh, if they came to her and said she's she's always been willing to serve, it could be it could very well happen that Nancy's back at the reins and we have the House and the Senate, and we might even have one more, two more Senate seats because Georgia probably going our way. I right. hope so. I uh, I, I, I don't see also, how I don't see how Ron, Ron Johnson. Uh, right? Yeah, Ron Johnson. Yeah. Ron Johnson is implicated. We know he carried the uh, false electors and handed them off. We know he was involved. He says, I was only involved for six seconds. Guess what, dude? It's enough. Involved you is know, involved. He could very easily, yeah, he could very easily be removed, giving us uh, total power in the Senate and uh, a good majority in the House, enough that we can get stuff done. We can, uh, we can codify Roe. We can uh, do so many things that uh, we can uh, take care of student debt. We can get all of that done that uh, Biden has been trying to do uh, that uh, we've been getting Republican pushback on because they won't have numbers to do anything. And this was what allowed Roosevelt to do everything he did, which created that wonderful 1950s, if you were white. Right. If you were white. Well, yeah, it, it- the, the the thing is this 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 race with Herschel Walker and uh, uh, Raphael Warnock. I just don't see how Raphael Warnock loses. I mean, in the general election, he won by thirty thousand votes, and people say, "Well, maybe Herschel Walker will pick some up after the Libertarian guy leaves or whatever." But the problem is Herschel Walker then has another month to make himself look like an idiot, and he did not disappoint. He's done it over and over again. And instead of worrying about a number of races, governor's races, other Senate races, and and all this shit, everybody's focused on Herschel Walker. And that's the absolute worst thing that could happen to Herschel Walker because he's such a fool. I've been seeing some, I've been, you know, I've been seeing lines on videos uh, in Georgia, people uh, standing in lines, long lines to vote. The turnout has been pretty impressive. In fact, I think I heard them say the turnout was even bigger than in 2018 and in 2020 during the runoff. And that always favors the Democrats, of course. Uh, I just think always. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as close as it was in the general election. I think Raphael Warnock is going to beat him resoundingly because Herschel has done nothing to make it better for him. He's Everything he's done has made it worse. Uh, exactly. And, uh, I mean, I saw an ad that Reverend Warnock is running, and it consists of a group of people they brought in and gave headphones, and they let them listen to uh, his statements about werewolves and vampires and bulls jumping fences and all of this, and they're going, this is a joke, right? Really? He said that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, no way. This guy's running for Senate? <laughs> you know? I mean, and it's funny, but it's true. I mean, anybody who's given an ear for even a moment realizes this guy. And there was a time in this country where a senator commanded a great deal of respect from most people because they were deemed to be somebody who was serious who had achieved something in life so that they were trusted with this position. And uh, this is no longer the case, obviously. No, it, it, it's it's not. And I think, I hope they use this. I always thought that when we're going into the runoff, 
one of the best strategies uh, for campaigning would be uh, trying to make make the Republicans say, you may like Republicans, you may like the policies, but this motherfucker is going to embarrass you. And you're going to have to live with that six years. You're going to have to be embarrassed by this fucker every day for six years. And because we have the egos we do on the Republican side, they have to sit back and listen to it. I'm just looking something on the news here right now. And it says Walker releases ad attacking Warnock's character. <laughs> I got to see that fucking ad. Saying <laughs> <laughs> Herschel well, mumble fuck um, his way through an ad. Yeah, I, I, if you uh, Google it, I'm sure it's going to be everywhere. I saw it on Morning Joe this morning. Like, oh, sure. you did see it? Yeah, but and it's funny. Uh, well, I'd seen the individual pieces anyway. They just happened to put it together. But watching the people's reaction is the fun part. Um, I, I think that really the whole idea behind the Senate was kind of a House of Lords kind of deal. But the, the founding fathers said, look, we know out in the hinterland, there's nothing but hillbillies and whatever. So they're going to send some really raucous folks up here, you know, right. Davy Crockett's and people like that. Right? right. But so we need a body that they have to get through after they've hashed out their stuff. We need some deliberative men with education and, and panache that uh, will look at whatever they bring us and say, well, you know, maybe we could tweak that a little bit and send it back to them, get some votes, but let's, let's bleed out the crazy. But now We've got Ron Johnson and we've got Ted Cruz and, you know, and uh, is Josh Hawley a senator? I forget. He is a Uh, senator. He's a piece of shit. God knows how that happened. But, but uh, yeah, you've got these people that are obviously not cut from that cloth. No. And, and it's, it's dispiriting to see that they are members of uh, that August body, at least as it once was. Yeah. And we have to get back to the point where men and women of character and courage and accomplishment are only being considered for the Senate and for the presidency, for that matter. Well, you know, we have a lot of problems in Congress, in the Senate and in the House, you know, as far as as far as integrity and credibility and honesty and decency. Um, but the first and foremost thing we have to do is do something to make sure that the House and the Senate is no longer a fucking joke. Same with our Supreme Court. It's a fucking joke. We've got clowns in those respective bodies, and they are polluting those respective bodies, and they're diminishing the credibility of those bodies. And uh, I don't – I mean, the only way you get there is by way of the Republican Party. So this is why I'm wondering – does the Republican Party even survive to 2024? Because there's going to be a lot of shit coming out uh, with the investigations and such. I'm really feeling like come 2024, they're going to be destroyed. There won't be a, a candidate for president that can, can even compete with a Democrat, whoever that may be. Uh, I agree. And I, the, the thing that I fear most is um... – we kind of got lucky with the insurrection in that they didn't bring any weapons into the city. They had them stashed out inside the city limits and so right. forth. And, and it all you know, went down so that they didn't go for them. I'm, I'm not convinced that if, uh, if Donald Trump goes on trial, period, and certainly if he's convicted, these, these proud boys and three percenters and so forth aren't, aren't going to try to mount some sort of 
military thing. I, I hope that, and I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're under great surveillance. And that, uh, but what troubles me most is that uh, during the one of the trials, the list of membership list of the Proud Boys was was released uh, accidentally. Right. And we find that a lot of them are in law enforcement. A lot of them are in uh, government. Right. And a lot of them are in the active military and police. So that that's 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 troubling. That's very troubling. And uh, I think there should be some action taken on that. If you are if you are dumb enough to join an organization like that, when you are entrusted, when you have the public's trust, when you are expected to uh, behave in an ethical manner and to do the right thing, and you join a group like that, that to me should be automatic dismissal. Uh, if you are if you are in any sort of uh, um, organization that has uh, authority to carry a gun and arrest people, it's insane. Uh, so that does worry me a little bit. But I'm anxious to see these people brought to justice. But I'm hoping that there are enough cool heads out there that they have their own forces ready to deal with this. Yeah, I question whether whether these Tromplefucks will get together in crowds and attack anything, especially with guns. But if they do, it will only happen once because it won't go down like January 6th went down where they get to run roughshod over stuff. They're going to be met with force, and there's going to be a lot of Ashley Babbage if they try to pull that shit again. They don't have Donald Trump protecting them. They don't have the DOJ and the Pentagon protecting them. They have all those forces going against them. And if you're making um, a violent attack against a, a government building or government people, you're going to be met with some serious pushback, some some um, violent pushback. And there's no way they can compete with the National Guard or a, pol- a large police force that's being directed properly. I just don't, I don't see they have the courage to do anything. Donald Trump gets indicted. They'll just go back under their rocks and they'll bitch and they'll complain. But they ain't going to fight anybody because they're fucking bullies and they're cowards. Well, I hope you're right. But I also hope if they get Trump, they get the others at the same time. We can Absolutely. fill prisons if we need to. You know, we got Guantanamo for a reason, right? Right. Well, and I think they have to, and and there's no reason that they wouldn't. Um, They're going to get Donald Trump. I mean, there was that thing with the January 6th committee. Uh, There's this pushback within the committee itself. People are kind of mad at at, at, uh, um, Liz Cheney because Liz Cheney wants to be focused solely on Donald Trump. And they're talking about their final report and they want it more broad and talking about all the things that are coming into play. And some of the people, the staffers are saying, well, Liz Cheney only wants to do this because she's trying to solidify her chance of running for president in uh, 2024 by getting Donald Trump out of the way. I think Liz Cheney is smart enough that Donald, she knows Donald Trump isn't going to be a factor. I understand why she wants to go directly at Trump, because once you get Trump, you cut the head off of the snake. Everything else is going to wither away and it's going to be easier to fucking nail them. So I'm, I don't disagree with Liz Cheney. You know, focus on the, the, the high point of this whole thing and then take them down slowly after the fact. It seems like everybody, the DOJ, the January 6th yeah. committee, Fonnie Willis, they're all focused on Trump. 
Yeah, and they should be. And I think uh, I think Liz realizes that she would never get enough votes to be president, but she knows that she could make a dent against Trump to guarantee. Uh, I personally think he'd lose anyway, but uh, that would guarantee she would pull enough votes that she could be the Ross Perot. Uh, to uh, to you know, pull enough votes away that there would be no chance that any Republican uh, would win. Right, uh, and so I salute her for that. Well, I think I think what Liz Cheney wants to do, she wants to end up being the leader of the new improved Republican Party after they failed miserably, like in this next two years yeah. and in twenty twenty four, when people say. Yeah, let's step away from this. Let's try to be normal again. And then she would be the leader of that group. I even think more than Kinzinger. I don't know if Kinzinger may be done with 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 the House of Representatives, but she wants to be the leader of the new charge, which the Republicans have to do. Otherwise, the Republicans will cease to exist. I don't know if you heard this fact, but in 2028, it said that the majority of voters will be millennials and Gen Z's. Well, 2028 is the end of the Republican Party. If not before, they are the end of the Republican Party as we know it now. Because those millennials and those Gen Zs voted 65, 70% for Democrats. So the Republicans are done in the next six years. Yeah, I I mean, even even dinosaurs like you and me uh, are seen by the the Zs and the millennials as... uh, um, old fogies who believe a lot of crap. And, yeah. um, you know, they know, I mean, they're gender fluid. Uh, you know, they've got trans friends. They've got uh, friends of every uh, ethnic persuasion. They don't see a difference. And, and the cultural stuff is, is going to make a difference. It made a difference in the 60s. People don't realize, I think, that the big victory of the 60s was not that we stopped a war. It, I'm not sure we did that, but we changed the attitude of the country and we changed the way that people looked at each other and that the way that we, I mean, if you look at a comedy from the 50s versus one from the 70s, you see a gigantic change of what we thought was funny. Right. Uh, you saw uh, so many things that, that became totally different. The food we ate, the clothes we wore, there was a huge sea change. And it was because young people suddenly became the power, the buying power, everything. That's going to happen again. That's going to happen again. I'm glad we're on the right side. You know, comedy is an interesting take on stuff. I've I've watched some things like from the 70s that we thought were really funny. It's not really funny anymore. Uh, You know, you go back to the 60s, and you watch watch the Dean Martin roast. Everybody thought that was funny. And it right. was funny. It was funny to a large yeah. degree. But you would see, you know, Sammy Davis was part of the Rat Pack and Dean Martin part of the Rat Pack. And, and Sammy would be there and people, and he'd be the only black guy or one of two black guys on the, maybe Nipsey Russell too. But yeah. these comedians would come up and make these racial comments that for all intents and purpose sound racist but everybody would laugh and chortle including sammy davis jr including nipsey russell now you could never get away with that now i mean our mindsets have been changed and and for the better uh but like i've said many times before racism back then would just you know (laughs) it just was there and everybody kind of fucking accepted it 
Yeah, you know, the, the one comedy that still holds up from the 60s, Smothers Brothers. They yeah. were so far ahead of their time uh, in, in so many ways. And, of course, they were silenced because of it. But uh, while they were on their show, and it grew into it, they grew into it. Um, they became uh, much more the John Stewarts and the uh, um, um, other comedians Colbert, that we have today, Colbert, you know, Colbert and uh, um, different ones that are also very political, um, but at the same time funny. Uh, but uh, they they are the source. And if you go back and look, I think you'll find that they hold up really, really well. They do, and they were rebellious, and they were against the government, and that's probably why it does hold up. One one show that was kind of rebellious and maybe not so much that does not hold up, and it was probably thought of one of the funniest shows on television in the 60s, maybe the early 70s, was Laugh-In. Have you ever watched Laugh-In recently? Not fucking not, funny. Not recently. Not it's just all. not funny, but not people, people love that show, and they laughed about it. And they had Nixon on, and they had John Wayne on, and they had Goldie Hawn, who was hot. I'll give you that. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, times do change, and with the millennials and the Gen Zs coming through, we're going to have a country that you and I don't recognize. But even though we don't recognize it, that doesn't mean we won't like it, because we are of a like mind with those young people. Because really, you know, we're old fucks, but... Uh, we're young of mind. At least I got that going for me. Yeah, and I, I um, I'm grateful that I that I read uh, Harper Lee's uh, original manuscript, uh, "Go Set a Watchman." Uh, you know, she's famous for "To Kill a Mockingbird," but the same characters are in "Go Set a Watchman." It's a much more true book, and uh, the Atticus Finch there is a guy who is trapped by racism to a certain degree. He fights against it, but for example, um, he, he he tells Scout that uh, look, if uh, if black people got the vote, they would elect this guy, and he he mentions this guy's name, a, a black guy who's kind of a crook and uh, um, and and not very bright and so forth. He he would be a, a black Donald Trump to a certain extent, and uh, and uh, he says I can't I can't accept that. But at the same time, he admits that the guy currently running the county is the white equivalent. Right. He doesn't hold an office. He's, we, a, we, he's a crook. But he he can't wrap his head around that. Uh, so he has raised Scout so that she can, that she is not racist. And he realizes that that's the only thing he could do. He couldn't conquer his own racism, but he could raise the next generation to not be racist. And thank God, I think we've done that. Yeah, I think we have to a large degree. Most of the older folks, most of the racists are older folks. Uh, and it's because of how they were raised and, 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 and what they experienced. But imagine that. And I think that was a mindset for a lot of folks. Yeah, he's a crook, but at least he's white for whatever uh -huh. reason. Whatever reason, people of color have always been a threat to white people. I mean, when you talk about, you know, they've got this new movie coming out about Emmett Till. And and yeah. and that was a horrible tragedy. It continued to be a tragedy when these people weren't, weren't convicted. Uh, and it was a horrible death. And he was just a kid. And it's fucking ridiculous. But the idea that some black man might look at a white woman, not even say anything, just look her way uh, 
for that reason, they could get arrested. For that reason, they could get the hell kicked out of them. And it, it's, it's, it's just appalling. At least we've gotten past that for most of us. But I think there are some factions of people in the South and even in the North here where white people look at people of color as a threat. And now the idea that, that white people might become the minority just brings that concern and that fear to reality to them. And they're just losing their shit. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And um, uh, Till, um, I'm glad the movie was made. Tip, tip my hat to Whoopi Goldberg for Deadly Gun. Yeah. But uh, he was he was just one. Right. He was, you know, there was he many was of these. One. Yeah, there were thousands, you know, some young, some old. It doesn't matter. But they were they were lynched. And um, we, Tennessee, I'll give them credit, finally got around to passing an anti-slavery bill this section. And uh, it looks like, I mean, and then we got the, um, the anti-lynching law through finally. Um, so, uh, I mean, it, it, after the fact, it seems like nothing, but it is something. It, it means that finally, finally, maybe we can start to move in the right direction because, as you say, by 2028, it's going to be millennials and Gen Zers. Yeah. And they, I mean, in some places, there are, they are racist. Sure, they are. But most aren't. So no. I think we'll see a new country to a certain degree. There's yeah. never going to, nothing's ever going to be perfect. But that at least, I think we will finally see a move toward equality that's real. Well, the thing, th- thing is, don't expect when the millennials and the Gen Zs take over that it's going to be Nirvana. You know, people thought that when we would take over that things would get better, and they did get better, but there's going to be some problems with Gen Zs and millennials too. The country's always going to have problems, and there's always going to be people fighting against it, but all we can do is hopefully evolve a little bit and treat everybody better. And if we can get that done... That's a huge step in in trying to better this country. Yeah, well, remember, Bill Clinton was the first boomer president. I mean, there were some people in the Senate, some people in the House, but we didn't really take over. The boomers didn't really take over until uh, uh, would have been Hillary. (laughs) Trump, I don't know. Nothing happened there, really. Uh, I mean, he was an aberration, and you always will be an aberration, but... Um, I mean, when you've got the Grassleys and people like that that have been in there for 200 years, I think he signed the declaration, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but he, uh, you know, I mean, we never really took over. It wasn't all boomers. There was always that World War II generation that was in there for a long time. And um, unfortunately, they may have been the greatest generation to agree, but also they kept shit going for a long, long time that shouldn't have been there. I think James Madison stole Dolly Madison from Grassley because Grassley was a dipshit <laughs> and Madison yeah. was fucking Madison. So, um, but we're, we're, we're down to the end of the show here and I want to thank you for coming in. It's been a while and uh, don't stay away so long this time. Maybe we can, well, let's, right. let's try to do another one this week. I know you're out of town Friday to Tuesday. I'm out of town or you're out of town Thursday to Tuesday. I'm out of town Friday to Monday. I'm going to still be doing the podcast from I'll be in Georgia. And that's the interesting thing. The runoff election is December. We might be able to do one Wednesday. Yeah, that sounds good. But but uh, the Republican or 
the runoff in Georgia is the sixth, and I'm going to be there right. the second to the fifth. Now I told it. Now, now I told a joke about this, and, I, and I'm sure you didn't hear it, so I just thought I'd mention it. I told my wife, I said, "Listen, I want to do something that's kind of fun down there, you know, something kind of funny." And she said, "What's that?" I said, "I want to get a U-Haul, U-Haul truck, and I want to have a big sign painted and have it say Herschel Walker's." stolen early ballots and then just drive around town for a fucking bit. And and of course my wife nixed it because she's no fun. She's no fun, but, <laughs> but it's going to be interesting to see what the climate is down there. Savannah, I suspect is a little more liberal than most other parts of the state, but, but uh, it's going to be interesting to be down there up we to hope. the day where the election is. But I I'm convinced Herschel Walker doesn't have a fucking prayer in this particular runoff. Well, as I always say, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> All right. Well, Ed, thanks for joining me today. We'll talk to you uh, probably Wednesday. We'll get that worked out. Uh, those of you listening, I appreciate the time you've spent uh, out of your day listening. Hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.